This show is part of the RetroZap.com podcast network. Hello, listener. This is Jess Harnell, the voice of Wacko and Animaniacs, and you're listening to Animaniacast, which is the best thing you could possibly listen to, especially if you're not wearing pants. I'd love to go on talking to you, but I can't because I've got a potty emergency. See you later. And welcome, everybody, to episode 53 of the Animaniacast. Otto, there are schnauzers on me. I... Oh, my kneeling! Now just calm down, my mushy liebchen. It's all right. These are patients of mine. Yeah, we're crazy. And welcome once again to the Animaniacast. This is the only podcast that is dedicated to the animated television series Animaniacs. Here we explore the series episode by episode in the order in which it was released. And we discuss all the cultural references, all the gags, and in the end, we give each episode a Water Tower rating. I am Joey, and joining me once again is my brother Nathan. Alouette. (laughs) And across the country in Georgia, it's Kelly. Hello. Hey, Kelly. Well, today we have a very funny episode, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, We have a a trip to the drive-in. With a, you know a nice date at the drive-in, yeah, and then we have a a little tale about uh, you know being a being a girl, being, being a, a girl that's that's annoyed by guys who are hovering over yeah. them constantly. Literally, we all know how it feels. <laughs> what? Wait, and <laughs> and of course we have a fantastic song. I'm cute, but a very funny <laughs> episode. What do you guys think? Uh, in a few words, Nathan, what would you say about episode fifty-three of Animaniacs? I thought it was lovely. <laughs> and Kelly, what about you? It was very cultural. Oh, I, okay. We'll we'll find out why. Uh, well, before we get all to that cultural stuff, uh, Nathan, tell yes. us when did this episode first premiere? Valentine's Day, February fourteenth, Monday, nineteen ninety four. Ooh. Ooh. Which was uh, when the second studio album by American indie rock band Pavement was released. Never heard of him? Really? Nope. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Also, the Grateful Dead's Jerry Garcia weds Deborah Kuhn in uh, Teberone, California. Okay. It's a very Jerry Garcia must have died shortly after that. He was only 51 at the time. Well, I, well, okay. Well, I don't know. He he died pretty young then. So, okay. so. but I'm sorry. Music references go right <laughs> over my head. I was so back in the early '90s. I was into They Might Be Giants and Bare Naked Ladies, the band, not the the thing. Well, probably both. But anyway, I, I was into John Williams. John Williams, yes. Well, and that's the thing. I would listen to. Uh, it would be let's see. They might be giants, and then bare naked ladies, Gordon, and uh, then I'd listen to the uh, John Williams Star Wars uh, compilation Sony CD thing that he he did while I read, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, like the Thrawn trilogy. I thought this was like all before breakfast. No, I, I, this is, this I is, wake is, up. No, this is me I, in the early nineties. Play this they might be giants. <laughs> play Gordon. I played. <laughs> <laughs> I had very few CDs. I had the tapes, and that's about it. And anyway, 
Well, let's get, let's get, where, where are we, where are we? We're, we're talking about Animaniacs. So. Happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> well, uh, we have, we have three segments uh, to get into and uh, they are very, very funny. So let's get right into it. Uh, our first segment is called Drive Insane. And Drive Insane was written by Earl Cress and Paul Rugg. And it was directed by Rusty Mills. And Kelly, tell us what the heck happens in Drive Insane. Well, it opens with a um, a French film. <laughs> yes. And I've always loved this little little bit because these people are, are sitting on a train and um, speaking French, but they're basically just say, say, saying the lyrics to child, like children's so- uh, songs that are in French, like the Frere Jacques. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, um, an alouette. They're making it. Yeah. Huh, yeah. An alouette. And, um, they make it sound so serious. Like, um, <laughs> alouette. Gentil alouette. Ah, alouette. J'en te plumerai. Je te plumerai la tête. J'en te plumerai la tête. Et la tête. Et la tête. Alouette. Alouette. Oh. You know, it's it's just it's it's hilarious. You have you have to watch it to actually appreciate it. But um, <laughs> so there, but it's being shown at a drive-in movie theater, and Doctor Scratch and Sniff wearing a rug on his head, um, is on a date <laughs> with um, a German lady, and um, and I can't remember what her name is, but I don't know um, what her name is either. Did he even yeah, say I'm it? Not- it's not he just calls her, her his Oh, I thought you had and, it in the show notes. I don't think but I didn't know where they got that from. Well, let me see. Let me check that. You, you, you keep going, Kelly, and I'll, I'll see if okay. there's anything. It, it says Dr. Scratch and Sniff is on a date with Frau Hassenpfeffer. Yes, there it is. Frau Hassenpfeffer. I don't remember that being spoken in the episode. No, but. I don't think. Yeah. And that, I don't know if that's something that's related to sure, uh, Laverne and Shirley, perhaps, because don't they say Hassenpfeffer or something like that in the. In, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, it might just be in the credits too. They may give her. Oh yeah, it's possible. I didn't, didn't yeah, notice. because it's voiced by Tress McNeil. Okay, well, so he's on a date, and she is. Um, she likes to eat, and she's eating a lot at the um, at the drive-in, and he keeps sidling over to her, trying to put his arm around her, and trying to get a kiss, and she keeps telling him to stay on his side, <laughs> and. He's he's poor and poor miserable dejected Doctor Scratch and Sniff. It's you know he's having the worst date ever. And um, but if that's not bad enough, the Warner Brothers and Dot show up, and they they um the his date calls them Schnauzers, mm-hmm. and she says that they're frightening her. And so they're antagonizing his date. They're eating the food. And then um, he tries to lock them out of the car. And then they start knocking on the door and calling him daddy. And the <laughs> other patrons at the drive-in theater are telling him he's a horrible parent. And he's like, I am their peace psychiatrist. <laughs> and uh, it's just chaos all over the place. And um, then he goes to the concession stand to get more food for his date. 
And there's a guy back behind him in the concession area who doesn't understand the concept of personal space <laughs> yes. and keeps bumping him with his stomach. And I, that's, that would be about the point I turn around and have to say something. <laughs> I like my personal space. And he gets a huge, huge popcorn and, um, you know, buys it from Keanu Reeves at the concession stand. <laughs> and um, uh, then... Um, you know, goes back to the date and he eventually drops his date off. And the, uh, Yako says that, uh, maybe his next date will go better. And he's like, what? And they're like, Oh, don't you know, we're going to the drive-in again next week. Yay. <laughs> and he runs away screaming in terror. <laughs> and uh, yeah, there you go. It's a very, it's a very funny episode, uh, or mm-hmm. segment, I think. Um, let's talk real quick. There's a few, uh, quick references. Of course, I just looked up the word Hassenpfeffer to find out what the heck that is. And, uh, Hassenpfeffer is a traditional German stew made from marinated rabbit or hare cut into stewing meat sized pieces and braised with onions and a marinade made from wine and vinegar. So the Warners, yeah. the Warners had better watch out because they're getting, <laughs> yeah, with a name like Hassenpfeffer, they could, they could be part of that stew. But anyway, um, now, so now I'm in the stew. <laughs> now I'm all pool. <laughs> uh, so the, the we mentioned Alouette and Ferjaka. <laughs> Apparently, the French movie, it, the movie that they're watching, is based upon a real French movie called Jules and Jim, according to this reference guide in front of me right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which says, it's a tragic comic love triangle. Three people in the movie are caricatures of the stars in the original film. We had Jean, Jeanne Moreau, who's the woman, Henry Serry, the man with the beard, and Oscar Werner, the man who doesn't have a beard. And, uh... Uh, apparently, Francois Truffaut had a role. Truffaut. Truffaut. So Francois Tru- Truffaut, I guess, directed the Jules and Jim movie, and then was in ah. Close Encounters of the Third Kind as the French scientist who was able to, you know, communicate with the aliens. Right, Kelly? Yes. Yes. Yeah, he was. Um, Spielberg was a big fan of Truffaut and put him in Close Encounters. Okay, so it's all, you know, gets connected right there. Yeah. How Spielbergian. Very much. <laughs> um, uh, and, you know, there was oh, a... Uh-huh. And I, I was just looking it up when you said Jean, Jean, Jean or, or um, Jean Moreau. Uh, Jean Moreau, however you pronounce it. Yeah. Um, I don't speak French. I speak Spanish and Japanese, but I don't do French. What? And I know some Italian, but... Um, <laughs> I uh, I was looking her up because the name sounded familiar, but she is um, in the movie Ever After with Drew Barrymore too, which is how I kind of know who um, she is. Okay, she plays the the um, the older lady at the beginning and end of the film who's telling the story of Cinderella to the oh. Grimm brothers. So. One of those movies that that is always you know I, I've never seen it. My wife has seen oh, it many times. Bad. My sister in law and my wife swear by that movie, but I've never it's, actually it's, said yeah, I haven't I'm, seen it. <laughs> I, I saw it in the theater I love that movie <laughs> well uh, I, that's pretty much it when it comes to references I mean there's when he's talking to 
Mitch, mm-hmm. which we'll get into him later. Love there's Mitch. a there's a <laughs> hello Mitch. Hello Mitch. There's a poster for Free Willy in the background, which uh, you know I forget exactly when Free Willy was was released, but you know must have been before it. So the, you know Free Willy was pretty big at the time. Yeah, had at least two Free Willies. I, mean, oh, I think afterwards, it's like it had at least two viewers. <laughs> no, it had, it was a pretty big movie. <laughs> um. That's about it for cultural references. So let's just talk about the stuff that we liked about this. Are there any what are particular jokes or moments, guys, that uh, really stuck out as uh, stuff you really enjoyed? Just his conversation with Mitch was <laughs> just everything about it was just great. Um, the I would quote that conversation back and forth. I mean, it's been a couple of years at least since I've seen this episode mm-hmm. and I could quote it because I just remember going to any movie theater from that moment on. We have the large chubby and super chubby. <laughs> Isn't the large just small? Uh, I'm going to have to ask my manager. <laughs> I, like, I mean, just the, that, that Mitch is just so funny. Yeah. Welcome to the snackatarium. I'm Mitch. Can I have your order? Yeah. Hello, Mitch. I'll have a small popcorn. We don't have small. Then give me a medium. We don't have medium. Well, what do you have? Large, super chubby, and double super chubby. Then isn't a large a small? Oh, I'll have to ask my manager. Just give me a large popcorn. You want fries with that? Why would I want fries with popcorn? Oh, I'll have to ask my manager. I don't know. And the whole fries with that thing. Oh, the fries. Would you like fries with that? It's like, (laughs) obviously, Mitch is... And I love that joke, because you think, first, Mitch must have just got... You know, his last job must have been McDonald's. Mm -hmm. Maybe Uh been fired because he was just so nervous. Poor Mitch. I don't know what is going on with Mitch. He's sweating. He's he's very... very, He wants to get this job right. I really feel sorry for him. And he seems old, too, for this job. He's like at least like 23, a, 25 or something like I, that. I was thinking he might be in his 30s. So just like, <laughs> Well, he's, a, you know, he's doing a little surfer, you know, hang loose kind of thing, mm-hmm. you know. So he's he's been out, you know. And like I said, Keanu Reeves. Yeah. Like, I, don't, I don't know if it's Keanu from Point Break or <laughs> Keanu from Bill and Ted. Yeah. Yeah, but he's, he's definitely very, yeah, Keanu-esque performance right there. Uh, but that's that's a that's a great highlight. And then what? the the callback to the prize, of course, when it comes, oh. they. Oh, yummy! The popcorn. Didn't you get any fries? Oh, I hope you don't mind. I put the top down on your car. But I don't have a convertible. Hi. Did you get the popcorn? Oh, the fries. I thought I thought it was hilarious. He was wearing a toupee. Oh mm-hmm. yes, that little black toupee. You're my dick. Nonsense. It was ruined before we got here. By the way, something died on your head. And, you know, I guess, you know, technically, I guess there might have been a little bit of uh, maybe a reference to um, the Bugs Bunny cartoon. And it's it's escaping my brain right now. But it's kind of the what's opera doc when they're kind of dancing and they're, you know, he has that little dream sequence Mm. when he's. Oh, yeah. uh, And and, uh, Dr. Scratch and Sniff is doing the dance in the background and jump oh, and everything yeah. like that. Oh, yeah, she has Princess Leia hair. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. But in that moment, it's kind of like, okay, that looks kind of like what's, what's opera doc. So th- that might have been kind of like the thing they were modeling it after. Yeah, I, I could see that. Um, but Kelly, any, what, any, uh, any other moments that you thought were, were funny in this one? 
Um, I think I mentioned all of them. Well, so. I like that uh, Wacko wasn't the only one to do Gucci, or is that what it's called? The Oh, Gucci. The Gucci. That's what it's called. <laughs> Gucci is the is the designer. <laughs> yeah. They're wearing Gucci's. Did you see that? They had very weird faces the entire time. Like they had yeah. many different expressions. So the the animation and the expressions on the on the Warner's faces as they were, you know, driving the the woman crazy. And I like how they start it starts off with you know, she's worried she's going to be bitten. And then eventually she doesn't, she just has fun with them and just keeps, you know, Dr. Scratch and yeah. stuff outside. Um, but yeah, it's the worst date for Dr. Scratch and Sniff. It mm-hmm. really, I mean, this poor guy. But other little things, I mean, the the car jumping up and down mm-hmm. and the mom and her child walking by. And then she <laughs> quickly, you know, pulls her child more to make sure that she doesn't yeah. see this guy. Bouncing up and down, which is a cool little, very subtle adult innuendo joke, um, and 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 other things like just putting the top down. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have a convertible, but they put the top <laughs> down somehow. Have either one of you been to a drive-in? Do you have any drive-ins in Georgia around your area, there, Kelly? There, there is one drive-in that I'm aware of called Starlight Drive-In, and they show um, usually new releases. Ah. And um, and I've only been to it once, I think. Um, but you you go and you know park your car and turn your radio station on to a, a particular station and um, watch the movie. Mm-hmm. It's been a while. They had one in Tucson. Yeah, we had one for a while. We I used to go a couple times, like in high school. We'd sneak in some people into my trunk. Yep. and then that's how you do it. <laughs> you got to pe- put the people in the trunk, and uh, we thank the movie Grease for that little tip right there. <laughs> uh, yeah, I you know the, I, the the drive-in this really reminded me of the one that we had here in tucson the one mm-hmm. in the cartoon it's because of like just the snack area in the center of it all and yep. um i just remember going to the drive-in and you know having to go there and watch one movie but really you start like if the movie you're watching is boring then you just start looking across and say yeah, what's, just what's going change on in that radio movie? station to yeah. the next movie over i remember like i was in a in middle school we were in a, a youth group field trip and uh, I forget what movie you were watching. Ah, something with with uh, Jim Belushi, uh, and I forget what the movie was it's called. Blues Brothers. No, Joe. it was that's that's the wrong Belushi. Um, oh. But this, <laughs> this is the brother Jim Belushi. But wow. anyway, well, uh, it was it? it was some hokey uh, movie in the early '90s with Jim Belushi. We were watching it, and then I'm like, "Oh, this is kind of boring." And then I just kind of we all the, everybody starts looking to the left, and they're like, "Oh, Child's Play Two is playing. Let's go watch that." So we ended up kind of like on a very different kind of uh, youth field trip, youth group field trip. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, well, let's go ahead and get right on over to our next segment, I suppose, and that one is called Girl Feathers. Girl Feathers. <laughs> Girl Feathers was written by Deanna Oliver, and it was directed by Greg Reyna. Nathan, tell us what, what, what happens here in Girl Feathers. All right, so we have our first feature of the Girl Feathers. I feel like they've appeared before. Yeah, we've seen one in Raging Bird. Yeah, but now this is the officially called the Girl Feathers. Yes. And the the set of three of them. And they are just pretty much annoyed by the Good Feathers, I guess. So they decided to take a trip to the Grand Canyon. But the Good Feathers keep following them all over. And um, I guess they kind of just kind of put up with them. I can't really just kind of... 
The Good Feathers eventually learned to just leave him alone. I think is did what they? they? I think I don't know. It's kind of <laughs> like it was like I don't know what the moral was of this story. The, okay, so it was let's, like let's deconstruct this a little bit. At the end, they meet them yeah. all at the Grand Canyon, mm-hmm. and the God Pigeon is there. Yeah, and then he kisses the feet. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we need to watch the ending again because it ended up getting such so, so blurry because right? they kiss his feet and then uh, I know Pesto like goes to, you know puts his uh, arm over his girlfriend he starts talking about how the Grand Canyon is as vast as their love and the God Pigeon says quit playing around like adolescents and show them we love them. The Grand Canyon, though awesome and vast, is small compared to our love, nor longer will it last. Wow, you're an eloquent bird, Pesto. What's that supposed to mean? I said you're eloquent. You know, what you said had meaning. Eloquent? What? Are you saying I am some kind of long-nosed, tusk-tooth, flat-beard pachyderm? Here to go. (laughs) For you? Is that what you're saying? No, I didn't say that. I said you were eloquent. I am eloquent. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's it. Hey, come, come on. on. Cut it out. I'm going to give you eloquent. Here's your eloquent. <laughs> this one, I, I found myself kind of tuning in and out of a little bit. Right. Um, I, I don't know. The, they're, uh, you know, I. I don't know, Kelly. What do you think? What do you think about this uh, particular uh, good feathers, you know, yeah, girl feathers I, one? I also tuned in out of it a little bit, but that could be because I was watching it on my back deck, trying to not be <laughs> attacked by my dog. Because um, <laughs> I have a puppy, and he just he loves to jump up on me and slobber me with kisses and bite at me because that's his thing and. I was like, I'm trying to watch Animaniacs. <laughs> Leave me alone. Um, well, but um, it, I don't know. Like the one thing I, the one thing that I kept thinking of the, the whole time I was watching it is it kind of reminded me of um, the Chipmunks and the Chipettes. Okay. <laughs> The girls were kind of annoyed with the guys and because um, they wanted to talk about serious stuff like hair and, yeah. you know, decorating and things. And I mean, and these are these are important topics. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't know of many guys that are into that kind of stuff. <laughs> now that we're alone, we can talk seriously for once. Cool. You know the pita bread they toss out down on 57? Really fattening. They make it with lard. I gained four ounces eating one crumb of that pita. You did not. It all goes to my thighs. You got a great figure. I do not. I have to diet all the time. I'm fat. You are not fat. Please. But the the good feathers just couldn't take a hint. And so I was kind of annoyed with them, and I was annoyed with my dog, and <laughs> I was just kind of annoyed. Yeah. yeah. I, I looked at it again. Okay, so at happens? the very end, the good feathers fall off the Grand Canyon. and well, They fall off. That's right. And then the girl feathers fly away. Did anybody notice, though? They went to the Grand Canyon, but there was a sign that said Niagara Falls. Mm-hmm, and it was spelled wrong. 
Yeah. I saw that too. I was like, well, that that is later brought up in the please, please, please get a life foundation Mm -hmm. uh, segment. They they took a a long route. They took the longer route to. They really did. They took a very long route. They started (laughs) off in the Northeast and somehow ended up in Arizona later. And, Mm -hmm. you know, they started off through Indiana. Yeah. All the corn, the wheat and corn and everything. They were probably just trying to zigzag to try to lose them. They had some very. One thing I I did like about this cartoon was it had some very. um, The Good Feathers always find interesting ways to get hurt. Mm hmm. (laughs) Yeah. And there's a part where they get put into a wheat thresher or something like yeah. that, and their beaks fall off, and they Bobby puts on the wrong beak. But that is, the, you know, that was kind of cute. And then, you know, of course, the when they go into the, the gas, uh, the semi-truck, you know, hauling gasoline. Mm-hmm. And they scare the driver so much, he immediately jumps out of the car. <laughs> and and just, uh, yeah, jump and roll kind of thing. Jump and roll. Sure hope my insurance covers stowaway pigeon attacks. Kentucky Fried Pigeon, coming to Lake Edna in your neck of the woods. <sighs> They did mention one reference in that one after they blow up and they talk about, uh, you know, coming to Lake Edna in your neck of the woods. And mm. and that is um, a reference to a Kentucky Fried Chicken campaign that they had in the early 90s. That just it sounded familiar. I had to look that up and go, OK, wait, Lake Edna in your neck of the woods. What was going on? This month, the Lake Edna players present the Wild West Review, and it's a must-see. And for a must-eat, try new KFC Honey Barbecue Chicken. You're going to love it. New KFC Honey Barbecue Chicken for a limited time in Lake Edna or your neck of the woods. I don't remember. Yeah, totally lost. That's that's one <laughs> reference that was just like, whoa, what, that's gone. But I don't know. I was watching this one with my wife, and my wife was just getting very annoyed with the good feathers. Like, leave them alone. Yeah. Like and and then she was even annoyed with the girls because the girls were, you know, just talking about oh you're you're not fat no you know your hair yeah looks exactly fine it was I feel like stuff. it was definitely a cartoon like this is written by men right was there nope no okay. it was it written feels by, like and that's the thing I I told and I and that's yeah what I told her I told her like, you know this was written by Deanna Oliver this is written feels by a like, woman like disguised like what they would think women talk about but it's just yeah. But it, at least know. they're not. I think it passes the Bechtel test because they're not talking about men the whole time. So therefore, <laughs> what's that test? You don't know the Bechtel test? No, I don't know the Bechtel oh, test. Oh wow! You have two characters in your movie uh-huh. that are female that have names and they talk to each other and some about something other than a man. Oh, and very few movies can pass that test because. Well, don't they? Well, they end up having to talk about the Ben because the, of course, the Good Feathers are so overbearing. They're yeah, horrible boyfriends. They, they they don't have to not talk about men at all. They just right. have to have a conversation about something other than something men. Other than men, so it does pack the, yeah. the Bechtel test. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I learned something. There you go. Thank you, Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm yeah. I I can't remember their names necessarily, but well, uh, yeah. I don't know. I, yeah. I can't really remember them either. I, I, all I know is that they were like, unfor- no, pretty forgettable for me. Yeah. Like, Good feathers. All they got going for themselves is being hooked up with us. You can say that again. Please. 
<laughs> All right. Well, let's go ahead and move on to the last part right here of today's episode, which is a song. It's a very good song, and it's called I'm Cute. And I'm Cute was written, the music and lyrics were written by Brandy Rogel, and this uh, cartoon was directed by Rusty Mills. And in this one, Dot just basically uh, she sings about how cute she is. And uh, it starts with, you know, kind of people on the street singing back up like, you know, isn't she cute? Mm -hmm. And it's a very catchy song. Uh, You know, it starts with the Warner, you know, her brothers are kind of backing her up and saying, yeah, she's cute. And they eventually just get sick of her and they just kind of, you know, make fun of her until she gets incredibly upset and she's furious. That's it. You're awfully cute when you're angry. You really think so? She's cute. So there you go. It's a, it's a, well, for lack of a better word, it's a very cute song. Yeah. <laughs> what did you guys think? Are there any moments in this uh, particular uh, cartoon or song that you really liked? I think I saw Katie Kaboom's mom. Huh. You know what? Yeah, some of those designs did look kind of familiar. Like you know, they they do that a lot. Like even the woman at the very beginning, it looks like Elmira's mom, the one that was pulling the boy away. Like stop looking at the bouncing car. Oh, okay, yeah, that looks like Elmira's mom. And yeah, I could totally see uh, Katie Kaboom's mom as like just somebody. It seems like they just kind of had like a, a group of background players, like mm-hmm. you know, the animators could draw from and just say, here's a here's reference things of people yeah to put it's, in it's easier than designing new characters that's my just, assumption anyway i'm not basing this upon any knowledge yeah. whatsoever but it just you know kind of makes sense uh i don't know I, it's a very catchy song i, I get this in my head yeah quite a bit. it's it's very funny i like when yakko and wacko start getting upset it's just <laughs> it, it's a slow progression too it's just funny yeah i'm the one they adore i'm sweet and i'm cuddly and small just like dudley but more it's a chore. Dudley Moore is the one that's playing the uh, piano right there. And he was in the movie, among many other things, uh, he was in the movie Arthur. Uh, Arthur and Arthur 2 were probably his bigger films. He was also uh, played an elf in a horrible Santa Claus movie. <laughs> and um, let's see. He was in, like, a, I think the original version of be dazzled or something that i don't know it was a movie that later out later came out with brendan Fraser, but dudley moore was apparently in it first in the 1960s but um yeah dudley moore was one in in there uh and then they have the birth of venus uh referenced uh with dot coming out of the water uh oh that was cool i actually mm -hmm. saw that painting in florence oh Oh. and who and who did that is that uh botticelli Ah, okay there we go. And uh-huh. um, one last little reference, I think, uh, was Dot is flying over a book at one point with like kind of like fairy wings. And she's like a little pixie and she hits the book with a wand and the book okay. opens up. And that looked very similar to Fractured Fairy Tales. The little, uh, you know, little fairy would do that on the Rocky and Bullwinkle show with Fractured Fairy Tales. Hmm. So perhaps a reference to that. 
but other than that, I mean, it's it's a very cute song. I can't wait to you know see this uh, performed. I believe uh, Randy Rogel usually sings this uh, live for the uh, Animaniacs live thing that he does with uh, Rob Paulson. So it should be kind of cool to see it. It's it's a catchy tune, and I like it a lot. Any yeah. other, any other things that you uh, either one of you like about it? That we liked about it? Yes. Oh, or not like about it. <laughs> no, that was fine. It was... <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, in that case, let's go ahead and get to our water tower rating. So what do you guys think for today's episode? How many water towers would you give it? Out of five water towers... Nathan, let's start with you. I'm gonna give it, I give it three water towers. Okay, I, I really liked the drive insane, but I did not was not so much a fan of girl feathers. And the I'm cute song was good, but I don't know. I wasn't I wasn't blown away by that. I suppose. But, okay. So three. All right, Kelly. What about you? I I think I will also give it three. I. I, I really like the Frere Jacques a bit. <laughs> and um and sometimes I'll just randomly go Frere Jacques, dormez-vous. Um be, and nobody gets it. Yeah. But um <laughs> and and I've always liked the I'm cute song cuz it was on the the soundtrack that I had mm-hmm. and so I kind of connect that with, with that fond memory of of you know when I was memorizing the nations of the world song and all that. Um cuz I'd play it all the time. And uh so yeah, I mean, it, it was it, overall a pretty good episode, but it wasn't it wasn't a standout episode. Okay, um, I'm going to go ahead and give this one a four. I'm going to give this a four out of five. Um, yeah, the girl feathers one was not my favorite uh, good feathers one. Um, the, I really thought the good feathers were kind of annoying in this. Yeah, but I really like the song. I'm cute, and I really really like. Uh, the, the first drive insane. drive insane um segment i just thought it was just so hilarious and so quotable um and just i just felt so sorry for dr scratch and stiff right? he just had the most horrible date i wish it was a happier ending for him he, i might have given know, it more he, towers <laughs> he, oh yeah i'm sure he would too but anyway <laughs> um but i'm gonna give it four out of five i thought it was a very a, a great episode i probably might kind of skip through the middle part right there if i were yeah. to watch it again but um, good, good stuff. Well, let's go ahead and get to our poll results from last week. Hello, this is your announcer with another Animaniacast Twitter poll result. Listeners were asked, which of these hashtag Pinky and the Brain cartoons is your favorite? Hashtag Animaniacs, hashtag Animaniacast poll. 12% said... The world can wait. Fifteen percent said puppet rulers. Thirty-one percent said yes, always. But forty-two percent said when mice rule the earth was the best of these four. Well, there you go. And now it's off to the studio once again with this week's new poll. All right, so those were our results, and what do you guys think? Which of those Pinky in the Brain segments, which of those is your favorite? Um, Kelly, let's let's start with you. I I like puppet rulers, you know, with big ears and noodle noggin. 
And Nathan, what about you? I voted for The World Can Wait because it reminded me of Roxanne. Ah, yeah. Uh, And I'm going to, gosh, those are all really, really good Pinky and the Brain ones. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm going to guess Puppet Rulers uh, because... I I just liked it a lot and just okay. had had a bunch of history and yeah. and cultural had, pop culture stuff. It had time travel in it. it had as well. time travel sort of. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they just hibernation is time travel. I guess. Yeah, we're all time traveling right now. That's one true. Second at a time. Man, this is great. <laughs> at a one to one ratio. Yep. <laughs> Let's go ahead and get to the poll for this week, Nathan. What is our poll? All right, I have it here, and the question is: What is your favorite? segment featuring dr scratch and sniff oh oh so we only can choose four so these are the four uh we have desanitize which was episode one uh segment one i believe even yes right after you know the terrible when they first meet him yeah exactly when they first meet him and he calls uh, him a P psychiatrist exactly that's where you get that P psychiatrist thing all right taming of the screwy which that was the full segment, right? Of the them going to a party. Yeah, I think it's over two commercial breaks. It's not a. It's it, not. I think it's a full. I think it's a full cartoon. I'm gonna look it up right now. I'm gonna <laughs> prove you wrong. I'm gonna tell you what else is in that episode. It was in. Okay, yeah, it's a full segment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's episode five, I think. Okay. I just. Uh... All right, and then there's ups and downs, ups which and was downs. a couple weeks ago. We. Uh... We're in an elevator with Dr. Scratch and Sniff. Yep, wacko. Poor Dr. Scratch and Sniff. I mean, he just, got, he, he really, the last few, he hasn't had a, yeah. hasn't had a break. And then, of course, this week's episode, Drive Insane. So, yeah. <sighs> okay. None of these are great for, I guess the best one is Taming of the Screwy is the best for Scratch and Sniff. That's true, because the least bad things happen in that one. The least bad stuff happens to him. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there we go. So you can vote for your favorite Dr. Scratch and Sniff segment over at twitter.com slash animaniacast or simply search on Twitter for hashtag animaniacastpoll. You can make your voice heard. Woo! All right. So let's go ahead and get to some contact information. Nathan, mm-hmm. where can people go online to get in contact with uh, you? Uh, let me let me look this up. Okay, okay hang on. <laughs> okay, yep. Uh, Django FT, that's me. All right. Twitter. And on Twitter, yes. Let's make sure we put that in there. <laughs> uh, and Kelly, what about you? I'm on Twitter, Yoda Princess, Y O D A P R N C S S, or Kelly at BigShinyRobot.com and email. All right. And as for the animating cast in general, you can find us on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. And uh, you can also go to animaniacast.com for a full list of our previous shows. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, or whatever podcast catcher you use. And you can also send us an email, which is animaniacast at retrozap.com. And speaking of retrozap.com, you should head on over there. And why? Because it is a pop culture mecca of sorts. Uh, yes, thank you. <laughs> uh, and you can see uh, not only a lot of awesome articles and things like that, but a ton of awesome RetroZap podcasts as well, such as the ARG cast, Beltway Banthas, Bruise and Blasters, Classic Marvel Star Wars Comics, The Deuce Cast Movie Show, Dune Cast, Kanata's Castle, The Sandcrawler, Skywalking Through Neverland, Starship Sabres and Scoundrels, Talking Apes TV, 
Techno Retro Techno Retro Dads, the Trade Federation, and we know nothing. And hey, why not just subscribe to the RetroZap.com feed on iTunes, and that way you can get our podcast and every single one of those podcasts delivered straight to your device. So cool. Well, without any further ado, I think that's about it, right, guys? I think so. Okay, well, let's all go to the drive-in. There's not one here in Tucson, but we'll have to start driving right now. Mm -hmm. So until next week, this is Joey and for Nathan and Kelly. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night. This podcast is not endorsed by Warner Brothers or Amblin Entertainment and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Animaniacs, the Warner Brothers logo, all names, pictures, and sounds of the Animaniacs characters or any other Animaniacs-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Warner Brothers, Amblin Entertainment, or their respective trademark and copyright holders. All original content of this podcast is the intellectual property of the Animaniacs unless otherwise indicated. Oh, I'll have to ask my manager.